86 of Offscript with Trish Close, intimate interviews and fun conversations with interesting people. In front of my microphone today, no stranger to this podcast, Jeff Shepard of Lily Bell. This is your second time doing this podcast. I know, I'm surprised. You're the first, you're the first to, to do a second podcast. I'm the first repeat offender? <laughs> yep, awesome. exactly. You, awesome. you actually texted me a while ago and said, I'm feeling salty. Let's do a podcast. Yes. Which could be d very dangerous with you. I, I know. I know. And, okay. and then you, and then the time went on and time went on and it yeah. just got it just saltier and crustier. <laughs> Great. And, you know, and now it's like a week before Valentine's okay. and you want to come mess with me. Okay. I do. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, I should probably in the editing system back at work, I should probably make sure the, the bleeping tool works. I would. Okay. I would. Okay. You never know. Good I mean, know. I, I guess I'm going to riff off the top of my head. Yeah, here. exactly. You came so, with no agenda. So that's really I didn't. This is today is February 4th. This mm -hmm. podcast will actually air next Wednesday. Oh, on the 12th. On the 12th, right before. I like to, I like to call it VD. Just I do too. Because it's fun. I do too. They wouldn't let me change the reader board. I just said, we got your VD. And they no, I got voted down. You can't, <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do. It's my reader board. <laughs> um, so are you a little busy right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Super uh, busy. You, we've actually done a story before about Valentine's Day. You guys are nuts right about now. I mean, you can see if in the camera, maybe not right now, but... Your Oompa Loompas are busy. Yeah, they have been. I mean, for Furious. weeks, we've already done Valentine's for like mm. grocery stores. Mm -hmm. Like in mid-January, we were shipping out hundreds of heart-shaped thingies, you know? So when it started like the day after Christmas, we just started doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And now we have to focus on the retail and the internet. Right now I'm getting slammed on the internet. And right. I know when we get up, I'm gonna go print more orders, so. Yeah, you know. yeah. Also on top of all of this, you're a little short-staffed right now. Yeah, that happens. You yeah, know, you could treat us like a restaurant. People come, people go. I mean, oh gosh, KTVL right now, we're very short staffed. Are you so short staffed? I feel it. It hurts. Like when one person is gone, it hurts. I don't have a shipping person. I know, that's what you said. I'm so sorry. Well, I, right now, it's just, I'm in the crux. There's ads flying all over the place. Yeah. It's a very difficult position during the holidays. Mm -hmm. You know, and well, nobody can do it better than me. So Right. Do you ever find you hire someone and they're so great at this job? whatever job you want them for and then the whole time they're here you're just like please don't leave please don't leave please don't leave please don't leave yeah but i mean like dan's been here 15 years and i say that every day do you well sir don't leave dan's the older one who is like your math he's your master right yeah yeah this couldn't happen without dan i mean he came mm -hmm. to me and he had some chocolate experience industrial chocolate experience like harry and david and endangered mm -hmm. species and he came to me, you know, 15 years ago, answered an ad. And I was mm -hmm. like, you got chocolate experience? He goes, yeah, I've been doing this. And I go, you ever tempered it by hand? Nope. No. What, what's the difference? It's a huge difference. Okay. It's just volume. You know, it's not automatic. We don't have automatic tempering machines. That, mm. Like, we do it in very small batches. You do. And, and we pour our molds by hand. There isn't an injection line to just do it all automatically. Right. You know, so it's all done by hand. We don't have depositors that... It fill all the little mold holes. You have to do it with a pastry bag, you know. Mold holes. Mold holes. <laughs> <laughs> when you said endangered species, I would, for a second I thought you were talking about Harry and David. You're actually talking about the chocolate. Yeah. Endangered. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No. It, he, it came yeah. to me. There's two. Yeah. Michael. There were two big chocolate plants here for a while. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Three. Endanger, I mean. uh, endangered species was in Grants Pass, wasn't it? No, they were in Talent. That's right. They yes. were in Talent. And they actually part of their funds went back to. Wildlife? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When John started it, it was it was a pretty good thing. Mm -hmm. He sold it years ago. Yeah. Dagoba was around too. Long time. They sold to Hershey's. They did, and now they've closed the plant in Ashland. Yeah. So there's none of that. None of that. Here. Yeah. 
It's is are chocolate shops a dying breed? Yes. Really? Yes. I mean, it depends on what it is. The industry's changed. Things change. I mean, there's always going to be candy stores. Candy stores. Mm -hmm. You know, like 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 at the coast. You know, they don't mm -hmm. make it. Maybe they make their own fudge, but they mm -hmm. bring in a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a market for that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, high-end chocolate like me. Um, no, there's not a lot of us. I mean, there's a few. Would you, you, know? you don't consider yourself a candy store, though. No, we're not. You're a chocolate shop. We're a very high-end specialty chocolate shop. Yeah. Who has not raised their individual piece prices in almost 10 years. Really? Yeah. Even though, has chocolate gone up? Way up. Way up. Why, why have you done that? Uh, why have you not raised the well, price? Well, I mean, some of it I have and some of it I haven't. Mm -hmm. it's, it's indiv I, I take it one thing at a time. You know, we're trying to, like, alleviate that pain across the board. You know, so, you know, we cut corners yeah. where we can and pass it on to the customer where we can. But some things are just getting more expensive. That's true. Cream, butter, all those things, you know, they're commodities and they yeah. fluctuate. Chocolate too, right? Chocolate is a global commodity. So it fluctuates wildly, you know, depending on availability and harvests and things like that. And then the spot price on the London Stock Exchange can go. Is chocolate, for the most part, fairly available? Cacao, right? That's what yeah, we're yeah, we're about. talking about cacao. Yeah. Okay. It's available. I mean, it's a global commodity. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of scare stories about how, you know, it it can go through cycles. Like, I mean, Brazil used to be one of the largest producers in the world, and then they got witch's broom, they got this disease, and it swept through the entire country and decimated their mm. cacao completely for 40 years. You know, and it's just now starting to come back. You know, witch's broom? It's just a thing that makes the pods rot. Oh. It's a brown fruit disease, and it just kills the pods and uh. kills the plant, and your entire plantation dies. And know. so there's like cacao growers in Brazil that just... Yeah, they went away. Yeah, they went away. Hmm. You know, and now new generations have come along with new hybrids that are resistant to those diseases and mm -hmm. Brazil's coming back a little bit. Oh. But you know, it goes, it goes in cycles. It depends on where it is. Like cocoa farmers in Peru have had to move to higher elevations because it's getting too hot. You know, the lower elevations were droughting out and they had to move their plantations up little thing so, called global warming. Potentially, yeah. If yeah. you believe in that, yeah. There's, it's having a thing. It, and it's killing plantations in Africa and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, it's just, they're baking. Do you, does it ever surprise you when people don't believe in global warming? Do you believe in global warming? Well, something's happening. Something's going on. Something's going on. And it ain't good. No, no, mm -mm. no. I went to Australia this year and the reef is in danger. There's Did no you? question about it. You know? When did you go to Australia? Late September, early October. Oh, okay. I got a break. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Had you been before? No. Okay. Can I go back? <laughs> After Valentine's Day, you can, can I go, go back? back. I want to go back. Um, <laughs> where's your favorite place where you love the chocolate, the the, the cocoa that's grown? Like, where, where's your favorite spot oh, in the world? God, right. I got I've got eleven different origins here. So mm -hmm. I'm, right now, I'm currently buying beans from eleven different countries. Wow. And each one of them, I love for a different reason because mm. they taste different. Like and your children. Had, well, they're the farmer's children, and then I get to play with them and nurture them and roast them correctly and play with them. And uh, it just depends on what I'm in the mood for, you know? I mean, yeah. the, the Peruvian that we use, and we've been dealing with the same co-op in Peru for 12 years, something like that. Um, those beans are super fruity, mm -hmm. and they're really nice. I mean, so you eat a piece of it, and it's just got this bright, mm -hmm. chocolatey flavor, and it's really good. And then there's, like, the new beans I got from Colombia recently, and... They're much more chocolatey, like nutty, but they have this like orange, burnt orange caramel background. It's really neat. Crazy. Yeah, and, and there's these beans that I got from this little co-op in Ghana, 
that tastes like toasted coconut. And it's just cocoa beans and sugar. That's all we do to make the bars. Mm -hmm. But you can taste those other things in there. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really neat. Super cool. Um, did you ever watch any episodes of Portlandia? Yeah. The episode the where... The safe word? The safe word. Cacao's their safe word. Yeah. Cacao. It's not very safe here. No. <laughs> no, it's a danger word. Yeah. <laughs> if that was your safe word, no work would ever get done. Nothing. No, because we scream it all the time. Yeah. You know. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> like an expletive. Yeah. Cacao. Cacao. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so Valentine's Day, you guys, like you said, were pretty much, I mean, for the stores and retail, for the grocery stores, you're kind of yeah, that's dwindled. Done. Yeah, that's dwindled. So what you know? will you see the week of Valentine's Day? Madness. Will you? Yeah. Who? Mostly men? Women? Well, I would everybody? say that the ratio of men to women goes way up from my mm -hmm. regular clientele, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like, the busiest days of the year since we've moved into this location 12 years ago are always the 14th. The 13th, really? too. But the, the 13th and 14th combined are just phenomenal. They're, like, mm -hmm. monthly gross sales in two days. Yeah. You, I mean, know. You, have, you have men going, oh, cacao, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they, and they come raging in the door sometimes mm -hmm. with, you know, waving well, $100. Will this get me out of the doghouse? You know? You're like, yes. yep. It sure will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't one year you had, you had like you were open a little later on Valentine's Day? Yeah, I've done it every year. Okay. Yeah, I, I tend to, I mean, people dwindle, the staff goes away, and then I leave the lights on for another hour, hour and a half, you know. And like, one year, beer, One right? year I had beer ready, yes, you know. So great. <laughs> Couple uh, six packs in the cooler, guys come in all frantic at like 5.30, oh my God, you're still open. Yeah. I'm like, chill, have a beer. It's going to be okay. Let's talk. It's going to be all right. It's going to be we'll all get right. Get you what you need. Um, you are open right now, so you do have customers coming in and out of the yeah. of the shop, and they're looking over at us, going, "What? I don't know what's going on over happening? there." No, it's just they're regular customers. Yeah. He knows what he wants. Okay, he's okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, are you relieved when Valentine's is over? It's well, I mean, it's it's a temporary over because mm -hmm. I already have purchase orders for those same said grocery stores. Yeah. For bunnies and eggs. Oh gosh, I forgot Easter's coming up. It's already here. Oh, you're already working on Easter? Well, we, we're lining up what we have to do. We're keeping count of all the bunnies and eggs that are coming in and going, as soon as we get back mm -hmm. on Monday the 17th, Dude. all the heart molds go away and all the bunny molds come out and we start trying to fill purchase orders that are lining up. And the voodoo bunnies too, right? I'll get around to them. Okay, for anyone who doesn't know what those are, where, where how did you come up with that? I Was didn't. It, you didn't come up with it? No, one of my employees did. Um, we, when we take bunnies out of molds, uh -huh. sometimes the ear breaks off. Sometimes when they're vibrating to get the air, well, it, there's an air, you take it out, there's an air bubble. It's like removed half his face. You know, it's all thin. You touch it and it goes, oh, gross, okay. it's got a hole. You know? Well, we had a few of those lying around and this girl that used to work here sat down with like the colored cocoa butter and kind of did this thing and then took an X-Acto knife and kind of made a hole and painted the hole and made it really gross. Really gross. Yeah, and like took a dark bunny ear and like glued it to the white chocolate bunny's mouth and went, that's cool. And it sat in the kitchen. And one day this guy was tapping on the glass. He's going, I want to buy that. Uh-huh. And we kind of looked at each other and went, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Because we break a lot of bunnies. Right. And we can remelt them or I can just reconfigure them. And now they've taken on a life of their own and they're like zombie bunnies, right? And people love them. I know. It's crazy. People are weird. Uh, tell me about it. I'm the guy who has to gouge out their eye sockets. I know. <laughs> i got to sit there and like decapitate bunnies and do this thing. And it's kind of creepy. I don't know what's more worrisome. You knocking out bunny eye sockets or the guy going, I want that. Like, I, both. What's wrong with you, man? Both. You know, I can yeah. only do so many in a day and then I'm kind of like, Ugh. 
Right, right. You know, I've spent too much time on that one. You know? Do you, how long have you been doing this, chocolate? 17 years. Um, Since the farmer's market in Ashland and Medford and Grand Which Pass. is really cool because I've been at Channel 10 for seven, 17 years. I, I was thinking about that like, before right you came this, today. Yeah. I was like, now she's like the, the woman about town. And I think I remember her as like the morning girl. You know? I was, yeah. <laughs> Dumb and young. and Dumb and young. Coming in here and harassing me for like some live shot Please. at 5 a.m. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, God, no. Right, Who is right. this chick? Yep. You know? <laughs> um, do you ever feel burn, burned out? Do you get burned oh, yeah. out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any, ask any small business owner in the Rogue Valley. Do you ever get burned out? You know, mm-hmm. Does it happen? Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, things add up. I mean, our busiest season is October through Easter. Mm-hmm. You know, and by the time that's done, we're all exhausted. Yeah. We're all just like, oh, my God. I need a break. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you don't really get one. You know, you have to take it. You have mm-hmm. to mark out the time and mm-hmm. plan ahead and go, I'm leaving for these two weeks or three weeks or whatever. I have right. to do this. And Dan does it, you know, he's like, I'm going camping on this week in August, you know. I'm doing it. I'm I doing have to. It. You're yeah. out of here. Well, and you guys too, I mean, over the years, you're not some quiet little chocolate shop, you know. Martha Stewart at one point. And that right. was like the end, it was like almost like the end for you guys, like that's it. That was when we had to make lavender caramels every day yeah. for the rest of our lives. Right. You know, and that's great. I mean, it's not, it's... People often think, oh, it must be so glamorous, and it's this. It's not. It's, it's production work. It's work. We're making thousands of bars mm-hmm. a week. And they all have to be wrapped in foil, and then they all have to have their little label on. They have to be consistent. And they have to, and the product has to be consistent, which yeah. the kitchen knows, mm-hmm. you know. And the customer has an expectation, so it has to meet that mm-hmm. and exceed it, if mm-hmm. at all possible. Mm-hmm. And so we're always trying to just keep that high quality edge together. It's a lot know? of pressure, man. It can't be. I mean, down the street, you've got a little a little place called Rogue Creamery, right? That just I don't know what was it, world's best cheese. Yeah, yeah. And so, like right here on this little block, you guys. I mean, you're killing it. We're killing it. But it's a lot of pressure. We got a lot of, I mean, I got a beautiful write-up in the Wall Street Journal for Christmas this year Mm -hmm. for the smoky blue cheese truffles. Right. And it was an article about chocolate. You know, that was like, it was somebody wrote it. It was about chocolate A to Z. Mm -hmm. And they gave us, they gave us you. When I got the email, I was like, what? Well, it's for umami. So I, no I got the trendy buzzword of the year for food That's for my blue cheese truffle. Yeah. And yeah, we've sold a lot of them since Christmas. Mm. You know, it's like, oh yeah, blue cheese truffles, right? Yeah, we've been doing those for 12 years. Finally, somebody got it. You know. When you when you answer the phone now and it's like, yeah, this is you know Martha Stewart's assistant or this is so and so from the Wall Street Journal. You're like, yeah, what do you want? Yeah. At that point, I mean, are you there at this well, point? No, I'm, yeah, I'm like, okay, do you want samples? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I gotta go back in the kitchen and make chocolate. I, I don't have a shipping person. I'm busy doing orders. What do you want? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> How many shipping orders do you have right now? I don't know. Um, I, I came like in this mor- I came in this morning and I printed ten. I got here early. Okay. There was ten web orders overnight from yesterday afternoon, and some of them are significant because we have free shipping on over a hundred dollars. So people are doing two hundred fifty dollars orders, which means you know they want one of every bar we do plus lavender caramels and a custom box. You know, they want to pick Dude. their pieces out of the case. So you you spend your morning trying to read that thing and going, okay, two of those, one of those, one of those, one of those. You put it all together and you put it in a shipping box, print their label, and out it goes. So I my didn't UPS even put that table, together. my UPS table's you know already half full this morning. Mm-hmm. It's got a big pile on it. Before I didn't even, you even think about it. the custom box. That's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, it is a pain in the ass, but people really like it. If I take it off, which I did when they did the blue cheese thing. Anarchy. And then I get emails, what happened to the custom selection? You have people yelling <laughs> like, cacao in the streets. I turned it off because <laughs> it's hard <laughs> uh, when we're busy. 
All right. But then you turn it back on because they're your regular customers who live in Akron, Ohio, or mm-hmm. wherever, because we have a lot of fans across the country. You do. I recognize their names. You know, they have accounts. Oh. I can see them. You know? <gasps> That's amazing. Yeah, same That's people amazing. every year, buying lots of stuff for the holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, doctors and all these people. So. Um, I just interviewed Tim Keller, chef Tim yeah, Keller. Yeah, I know Tim. Yeah, so we talked about you, actually. Oh, no. A little bit. <laughs> actually, I've talked about you in the last two podcasts. Hold on. Uh, before what? Tim was Jake Almaros from Kaleidoscope Pizza. Jake. Jake. Yeah. I love Jake. He's a he's a well he doesn't say he's a deadhead. <laughs> Yo, okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, he, telling... he has this like standoffish like I'm I'm not really a deadhead except your entire business is the Grateful Dead. Pretty much. It, it's it, every piece of artwork on your walls. It's awesome. I talked to him, I and mean, he had he hadn't seen him since like the late '60s, early '70s. Like uh-huh. his last show was in like 1970, I think, or '69. Yeah. You know when he lived in the Haight and lived in San Francisco. Yep. Then he scampered off to Alaska. He did scamper off to Alaska, yeah. where he lived for 26 years in Alaska. Right. Crazy. Right. So when was the Dead's? When was their last show? With all of them. Well, I don't know. They did that fairly well thing a few years ago. Yeah. 2015, 14, I don't know when they did that. I don't know. It was in 95, that was the last time mm-hmm. the Grateful Dead played before Jerry died. Right, right. And, so, so, and then there have been all these offshoot bands since then, all the surviving yeah. members have either gotten together and done something with other people or they've gone out separately with their own solo bands and done things, and I've seen all of those. You know. What are your thoughts on that? C- keep playing the music, yeah, whatever. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Please, spread these songs, far and wide. So you're not, it doesn't annoy you that they're that not John together. Mayer's their new guitar player? Right. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. You had a moment with that, and then you're well, like, I'm it, good. Okay, like Sarah over here, Hi, working Sarah. on my story, she's a, she's a big fan of John Mayer. Mm-hmm. So because of him, she now knows Grateful Dead music. That's a win. That is a win. That's a win. When you put it that way, that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> right? But there are some bands that will get together, and they get a new lead singer, yeah. and you're just like, ugh. Yeah, I'm not going to see the new queen. Yeah, I don't know his name. the The new singer for uh, Journey, I believe. Did you hear that? It was a uh, CBS story. I think he's Japanese. It's always Steve Perry. It always will be. Leave him alone. And I don't even like Journey. You know, (laughs) I got in so much trouble from Steve Perry one time. Really? Oh God. What happened? I was a I I was a program director at a radio station, right in Hawaii. I ran this radio station, Uh and I had a bunch of shows on, and. I, I'm not a big fan of Journey, okay. so I would like record, pre-record things in digital format so I could like drop them into shows, and I I did this thing and I recorded. It was brilliant because it was seamless, you know, and it was it was the start of Journey song, mm-hmm. you know, like on vinyl, mm-hmm. and then there was this horrible like needle across the record. And then there's this thing from a Monty Python record where they're screaming, not this record, not this record, not this record. <laughs> and then we drop it into like, you know, some dead Kennedys or something, you know, just, just go straight to punk or something like that. And we did it a couple times. It was a shtick. Right. And he was vacationing on the island one time and he left oh, a voicemail. No. <laughs> yeah, my station manager, she goes, what'd you do last night? I go, why? She goes, e- e- come in and listen to this voicemail. And it was Steve Perry from Journey going, I heard this DJ on your station start to play like a song or a band oh, I was in. it. funny. Oh yeah, I was like, oh. Wrong audience. Yeah. yeah. Whoopsie. <laughs> Oops. Well, I mean, in a bazillion years, did you ever think Steve Perry would be in Hawaii listening? I mean, to my on. show? Well, you know, with only three stations, you didn't have much of a choice, but you know. In Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. what kind of what radio station was? It? I didn't know you did radio in Hawaii because you worked at a restaurant, right? Well, I did that. I went over as a chef, yeah. and then the hurricane wiped that out, and then I yeah. did all kinds of million things. 
you know, and went back to cooking and then sitting and ran a bed and breakfast. And while I was doing that, yeah. these guys I knew were trying to start a community radio station, mm-hmm. you know, and get the funding and, you know, and they did it. Okay. They did it. And we got to put KKCR, Kauai Community Radio, on the air. Nice. And uh, I, through all of their Machiavellian politics, it kind of, they were all killing each other by the time it got on the air. Mm-hmm. And I was just volunteering. And so when the program director was being ostracized, I go, I'll do it. Mm. You don't pay, right? And they're like, well, no, we don't need money. I'm like, well, I'll do it. I'll just do it for fun. No way. Yeah. Well, you're a music guy. I'm a music guy. Always have So, been. like, one of the guys on the, all the, a couple of the guys on the board of directors were serious rock and roll guys. I mean, like, road managers. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been in the industry for a long mm-hmm. time. So, they had a million contacts. Yeah. So, we were able to, like, our fundraising fund drives, like all these little stations do, we would oh, just yeah. get the coolest shit. I mean, all this autographed Tom Petty stuff and Bob Dylan stuff and Grateful Dead stuff. No and way. Sure, absolutely. And we could, you know, hey, for a $50 donation, I'll give you a oh, Tom Petty autograph, you know, with a, a guitar strap. You know? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So we were able to raise good money and mm-hmm. keep it on the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started, we had like 25 CDs on the wall, and we built this giant rack on the wall. And when I left, it was overflowing on the floor. Because I could awesome. call up record companies and go, hey, I'm the program director at KKCR, and we've got this show that really could use some of this in our library. You know, and they'd be like, well, you know, the hot thing on the charts right now is this Limp biscuit. You know, how many spins a week do you think you can give that? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, 40? Um, you know, because I have one DJ that might play it right. in his two-hour show once a week. Right. I'm like, maybe 30, 40 spins a week. Oh, that'd be fantastic. What else you need? And I go, well, you are this record company. You have the entire Almond Brothers collection, right? Yeah. You know, don't you represent the Almond Could you send all of that, you know? <laughs> Would they send it? Yeah. We get these huge boxes of like everything I asked for, you know, so we could fill the library. Yeah. You know, I got a hold of the Zappa Family Trust, and you know, Gail Zappa got a hold of me. She was like, "You'll play my husband's stuff on the radio." I go, "Every Friday," and I got the entire discography. I mean, just crazy. Z was like the biggest thing for the longest time. (laughs) (laughs) Is that radio station still around? (coughs) Oh yeah, KKCR, Kauai Community Radio. Wow. I do believe the guy that. I trained to take my place 20 years ago is still the program director. That's really Which awesome. I could not do that long. That's just too many volunteers. That's just. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was talking to Jake about your, your Grateful Dead bootleg library. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've essentially, are you still getting tapes? Yeah, occasionally. From people? Yeah, if I put it out there, I'll, I can get some. I mean, I've still got tons. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, a lot of people online were complaining about how they didn't want to throw them away. Mm-hmm. They were like heading towards the landfill. They don't own a tape deck anymore. They've dragged these things around for mm-hmm. 30, 40 years. Their wives want them out of the garage, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, but they hate to give them up. And sure. they offer them up on the internet. And I'd be like, I'll take the whole collection. Here's my UPS number. And so what we're known as is the no-kill shelter for your cassettes. Right. And I've gotten so many of them that we have a rack in the corner here and a little sign explaining the taping culture of the Grateful Dead. And you're welcome to take a show. And people do. I mean... People I told find Jake, us and they do. I told Jake that it exists and I said, you may need to go check it out because you, you may have a show that he's been to. I've got an entire giant box full of nothing but 60s. That's all we do. When I get a collection in from somebody, we go through it and we just go 60s, 70s, 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 80s, 80s. You know, we just throw them mm-hmm. in boxes. I don't look at shows anymore. Was there a decade that was better? <laughs> Depends on the deadhead you ask. Oh. Picky people. Okay, well, I'm asking people you. People are like, when Pink Pink died, you know, it was the end of the band. I'm like, that was 1971. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I didn't see them until 78. Yeah. I thought they were fine. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, you're still getting, you're still getting some, generating some interest in this. Oh yeah, absolutely. People still generate interest in it. I mean, I did, 
my last little media thing that I did was at Christmas time. I was on Sirius XM satellite radio. And yeah. I did an interview on the Grateful Dead show that they do on Sundays, the Tales from the Golden Road, mm -hmm. where I gave all their listeners a 10% coupon to use, you know. But they let me tell my story about how we got to use the lyrics in my bars. Oh, which that's is, right. you know, I had sent a letter to the lyricist and said, I want to use your lyrics in my company and I want to ask permission and I'll always put them in quotes. So I'll put quotes around them. And, and he's like, I love being quoted and I hate being ripped off. And it's amazing that you asked. So with my blessings, sir, knock yourself out. And so that's why we have a dark star yep. bar and a sunshine daydream because Robert gave me permission. That's so and cool. People have come after me, right. you know, peripheral people, you know, hey, how did you get permission to do this? This is the, or what's yeah. a copyright infringement? I go take it up with Robert. Yeah. Uh, but he died in October. So. I don't know. Isn't it <laughs> Ho funny Hopefully his people... wife lives long enough to tell people to f*** off yeah, Jeff Cole. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> did it again. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to know the bleeping tool in my editing system very so well sorry. after this podcast. It's all, it's all good. Uh, what is it about Grateful Dead, you think? They're the greatest band in the world. Says, sorry, I'm a deadhead. You are. But I mean, what is it about? What is it about them? What was it about their shows? Well, A, they're always different. Um, they could be absolutely, I mean, I've seen 15,000 people mm -hmm. all get chicken skin at the same time. All of us, including the band. Just because the music was so like... Just, I, it's hard to explain. I, uh, if I had to explain it to you, you wouldn't understand. I mean, that's right. one of the things we have to say is just sit here, listen, you know, mm -hmm. get it or don't, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. There were a collective consciousness of musicians that could play the best improv in the world. Mm -hmm. And every jazz player that ever sat in with them went, oh my God, mm -hmm. they're the best jazz band I've ever played with. Yeah. Except they're playing this Americana country, you know, sometimes really deep acid space, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain. I, I mean, I'm, I'm musical, but I'm not super musical. I played piano. I was in choirs my, <laughs> sure. all of my life. You sang. I was. And the hardest thing for me was um, harmony singing mm -hmm. harmony because you just your ear gets stuck on one kind of melody and that's what you want to sing that's what blows me away about grateful dead is the harmony and how it was so easy it was like breathing they sucked at it what they're terrible i thought they were great at harmony well at the only time they hit that stuff ever was when they worked really really hard at it on like american beauty and working man's dead those two albums from like 69 and 70 are actually pretty good vocally yeah but you did not go to grateful dead shows for the vocals that was, no, that, no, that was just, no. That's just one thing that sticks out to me when I listen to The Grateful well, Dead, because you're not probably hear, And you're probably hearing things from, like, American Beauty and Working probably. Man's Dead. You're hearing, you're hearing Ripple and you're hearing, you know, some of these earlier songs that were recorded on purpose that way. And they worked really hard at it because that's when Crosby, Stills, and Nash were, like, really jumping. And, so yes. they went and recorded their albums and stripped everything down and said, let's work on this. And they on did the it. harmony? Yeah, bo yeah, Box of Rain, all these songs that had this great harmonies in them, Addicts of My Life, mm -hmm. and they sound fantastic. Those are great recordings. They could have pulled that off very well live. Okay. That just wasn't part of the deal. Right, but as you said, that's not what, that's not why people like you loved them. No, it wasn't. No, the lyrics are great. I love Robert Hunter's writing. Some of it's just great. It's just ambiguous enough, but has enough of that, like, a lot of it, a lot of their themes are, like, gamblers and, you know, American mythology, a lot of these mm -hmm. songs, if, even though they were written in like the 60s and 70s and 80s, they encompass themes that are like 
1800s America. You know, there's this, mm -hmm. there's this thing that like card players, and, you know, there's old drunks and there's this stuff that kind of permeates and bubbles through it that mm -hmm. makes it sound like it was written in the 1910s, 1920s. Yeah. But it's not. Right. You know, Uncle John's Band, stuff like that. It could be a really old song. It's not, mm -hmm. you know. So there was this brilliance between the writing and the interpretation of those lyrics by the band to play them that made these songs kind of timeless. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's proving true. I mean, there's even the configuration they have now with John Mayer is selling out stadiums. Stadiums across the country. Right. Well, you look at a song like Uncle John's Band, it's relevant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's been remakes today that are amazing. Right. Super popular. One of my favorite covers of a Grateful Dead song is Willie Nelson doing Stella Blue. It's mm. absolutely brilliant. It's almost like he, like, they, like he just made it his own. Right. Just like Jerry Garcia could make Bob Dylan songs his own, way better than Bob Dylan did it. Mm -hmm. And there's songs that just kind of permeate and capture a person. And the singer and the songwriter says, that's mine. Yeah. Let me, let me interpret this They just way. perform and it better. It's wonderful. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Partic particularly with Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Who I love. But, yeah, great. You know. <laughs> Do you think Bob Dylan was a better songwriter than anything? Well, he, oh, yeah, by far. Because, I mean, you than hear a performer? Bob, yes. And I've seen Bob a lot. A lot. But you hear Bob Dylan singing Bob Dylan songs, and you're like, oh, that's good. And then you hear someone like Joan Baez or someone else singing a Bob Dylan song, and you're like, whoa, whoa whose song is that? Yeah. Right, right. It's almost like he wrote All Along the Watchtower just so Jimi Hendrix could do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow, is that that Dylan song? Because that's amazing. I mean, sometimes you know? <laughs> that maybe we just, it's knowing, it's knowing your talent, knowing, right. knowing your strengths. Right, right. Sticking to it. Right, there's a great Dylan song that I love. It's uh, Visions of Johanna. It's a great song. I, I think Dylan's version of it is just not, I mean, it's mm -hmm. not. But mm -hmm. boy, Jerry did it, and it was just like, wow. Yeah. That's great. You can feel it, you know. What are you listening to these days? Everything? All kinds of things. Uh, let's see. I just I just got my tickets for the Drive-By Truckers in Portland, whom I love. Okay. Great I've band. never heard of them. Drive-By uh, Truckers? They just released their 20th album, the Drive-By Truckers. Wow. You can go back and, and start in 1999 and work your way forward. And I will. They're, uh, they're one of my favorite American live acts right now. What kind of music? I don't even know what to call it. Okay. They, they got pigeonholed into Southern Rock, but the guy who runs the band says nasty things when you tell him that. Ooh, okay, don't. Yeah, okay, we're, yeah, we're from, yeah, I'm from Alabama, but it ain't Southern Rock. And yeah, we're a rock band from the South, but we're not Southern Rock, so don't do that mm, to us. Mm -hmm. And they've always written these, like, um, I love their songwriting. I just think it's, it's. It's got this American feel, um, very Southern in its aspect and its mm. outlook, but it also has this self-deprecating side to it. Mm. At the same time, topical. Like, you know, they, they write songs that are ripped from the headlines. Now, currently, their last album and this one are also ripped from the headlines where they've lost a lot of fans because they're paying attention. Uh-oh. Hard. Uh, well, yeah, their new, the, the new song making the rounds on their album that dropped last week, it's called Babies in Cages. Okay. So, they're not like, afraid. Referring to like the, the Re referring to the detention centers at detention our southern border and, and putting babies yeah. in cages. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's another one called Thoughts and Prayers. Okay. It's about gun control. Okay. So I mean, they're not afraid. They're not afraid to yeah. yeah. And then they're losing fans because people are actually because the southern rednecks went. No. Wait a wait a second. <laughs> Why are you being so political? And they're like, didn't yeah. you listen to our album in 2000? It's extremely political. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, you know. A lot of bands are doing that right now. They should. Artists have a right to speak, mm -hmm. you know. They carry a fan base if they want to carry it. And if people don't want to buy their records, don't buy their records. Yeah. You know, don't go to their shows. Um, don't laugh at me. I watched Taylor Swift's documentary last night on Netflix. Oh, I hear it's good. 
It's great, actually. But she talks about that. Um, I think it was 2018. Yeah. She went political. Yeah. On Twitter. Yep. Uh, and huge, and not you know she essentially the candidate that she did not want to be in office eventually made it. Marsha Blackburn, office. I know who right. she wanted. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what she did do was send maybe fifty thousand people to get registered to vote. Right. So. Right. I don't know. I consider that a win. It's 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 a thing. There's a there's an organization, interestingly enough, that I, I support and I really like. It's called Headcount. Mm-hmm. Headcount's great. They register people to vote. Yeah. They have tables at all the concerts particularly all of the rock right. and roll concerts yeah. that I like to go to. Right. So Headcount has a table at, you know, Grable Dead shows, and it has a thing at all the festivals around the summer, all of, all of jam bands and hippie bands, they all support Headcount. Mm-hmm. And it gets, it gets people to register to vote. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a thing. You should do it. Right. You know? Well, in the documentary, they, she highlights uh, when the Dixie Chicks were in Paris, I believe, and said the thing oh. about President Bush being from Texas. And they were essentially blacklisted completely i mean that was pretty completely. much you could say that was the end of the dixie Church. it was the end of any airtime they're gonna get right yeah and i just i mean you could argue that a thousand different ways like they shouldn't have said it or it's their right to say it but i mean at the end of the day like say what you want i you know that's how politics works Say what you want. I mean, I just don't know why if just because you're an artist, just because you're a musician, yeah. you can't say that kind of stuff. Well, unless it's... You un- have to ex- well, no, you can say whatever you want, but there are people who may disagree with you who have more money and power than you. True. So they might just, you know, put the sticks to you. Right. Which we've seen happen. You know, and then... But, but their proponents will get boosted. You know, they get the, the big appearances and they get the thing. It's just... It's... Uh, right. Whatever. Yeah. You know? Just play. Yeah. I, there's this huge uproar that I've seen over the last few days about the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Oh. Mm-hmm. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was fantastic. It was, it was great. And the it's, uproar, what are you reading? That, that, that they were too sexy? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, except the guy reading. last year who ripped off his shirt. You yeah. Know? yeah. 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 I don't, this double standard gibberish. These women didn't have mal, wardrobe malfunctions. Also, Sh- <laughs> Shakira's 43 years old. J-Lo is 50. 50 years old yeah i read somewhere some lady was like if i could rock that bodysuit i'd be going to the grocery store in, in that every single day in it at 50 years old right yeah i just uh, don't yeah i don't know i was in a room with women over 50 you know and they're all like i can't do that yeah <laughs> i mean i was watching it going yes this is amazing mm-hmm. i mean and jayla's daughter was on stage at one it's point so it's just fine it was it was better than most you know do you think we're too sensitive I, I just think everybody has an agenda. You know, I'm sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like double standards and hypocrisy rule. Right. Know. My other thing, too, is I don't know where... When did it become okay to just... That's my opinion. That's my opinion. And well, it's like, it doesn't Well, it may right. be an opinion, but you're factually incorrect. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I reserve the right to mock you for that. <laughs> I'm I, sorry. Here are the facts. These are actual facts. This is a proven thing. Your opinion is just that. Mm-hmm. It's an opinion. Here's the truth. Right. You know. I think you have a magnet over there that says that. Just because you're... Oh, wait. That's the one. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. That's right. That's such a great quote. It's so true. You can be offended all you want. It doesn't mean you're right. Right. I mean, right. <clears throat> I don't right. know. I offend people all the time. I don't mean to. It just seems if we could just <clears throat> calm down a little bit and just be like, that's your opinion. That's fine. This is my opinion. That's fine. Let's... It would be lovely, but... Human beings are tribal. 
We came out of the caves as little tribes fighting each fight. other over meat. We just want to fight? We just want to fight. We're, mm -hmm. we're a virus and we're just, you know, just, <laughs> we're infecting everything on the planet. We just want to fight. We just want to fight each other. You know, we've killed all the animals, so now we got to fight each other, like, right? I guess. We're not, you know, we're not chasing down lions with a spear. You know, mm -hmm. now we got to say, well, uh, you have more than I do. I want yours. Mm -hmm. You know, there's mm -hmm. all kinds of problems out there and humans are just, we're just another organism on this planet that probably won't survive, but eh. Well, I'm perfect, so. Well, that's fine. And that's your opinion. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm right. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're right. Doesn't mean you're wrong. Right? Your standards of perfect uh, are, you know, they sound like somebody else I know. Right. You know? <laughs> Um, what is your, your, your guy behind you? He was just scraping off all sorts of yummy, delicious chocolate. Does that get recycled? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This little pile of little scrapings right here. Yes. That'll just go back in to get remilled. He's just cleaning the mold. So he's, he's, he's shaking, he's filled up a chocolate mold. That, that, those are the molds that Dan, uh, he was painting earlier. He yeah, was I saw him doing that. Yeah. hand coloring each little tiny hole by hand. And then he filled them with tempered chocolate. And he's let him sit, and now he's scraping off the stalactites because mm -hmm. he hung them upside down to dry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's got just the right temperature so we can scrape it off. I mean, this is constant. Yeah, it's constant. And then he'll set them down. He's going to refrigerate a little bit. Then he'll set it down, and he'll get the pastry bag full of whatever they're going to fill it with and mm -hmm. through every hole. Do your Oompa Loompas eat chocolate? Every day. Do they? Mm -hmm. They're not sick of it? Mm -mm. Are you sick of it? No. No, I eat a piece every day. Every she sees me, I steal them out of her case. Mm -hmm. So there's always like a hole in one of the tiles. She's like, Jeff's been through here. <laughs> she just restocked she the whole thing. She just said yes. Yeah, yeah, she nods. She knows. Well, what did you say before we started? How are you surviving these days? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. See, like, like, like Dan and I, we've been doing this for years. He's been here 15 years. This is the time of year where it's, it's, it's this, it's really incredibly unhealthy because we don't sleep very well because we're so stressed and busy. Oh, my God. So it was just massive amounts of caffeine. I mean, uh -huh. our coffee consumption goes way up here. Uh -huh. So it was, it was uh, caffeine, THC, nicotine, uh, carbohydrates, and sugar, right? That sounds glorious. It's not glorious, but it'll keep you running hard, you know, and you will just keep moving your hands and you won't stop because uh, you got to have something to do with all that energy. Yeah. You have to. For sure. You got to find that right balance. You know? So wait, what does the THC do? It takes Does the edge you... off the caffeine. Yeah, okay. it's poor man's speedball, basically. We can't do cocaine and heroin. It'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I mean, it's just, you will not live long. You, you won't. <laughs> you won't. You just won't. You just won't. Right. Um, and THC in what form? I don't care. Oh, what, it doesn't matter? We don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, you know, I don't know if we've mentioned that before, but it, my thing about legal weed, and I know it's an industry, and there's all these blah, 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 yep. blah. No. Grow it in your backyard like zucchinis. Oh, damn, I grew too much. Here, help me. Everybody, should, it's, that's, that, that's, it's, it's a plant. Concept. It should just be grown. Yeah. Just, just grow it. Do you think we'll get to that point? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, you got to, you know, I mean, some cities put it in. Oh, I can't, you can't grow pot in our city limits. Okay, that's fine. You don't need a big farm, mm -hmm. but you know, they're beautiful little plants in a potted plant too on your porch, mm -hmm. you know, and if you nurture it correctly, you can smoke out of it, you know, um, whatever. Breathe. If you want to smoke it or yeah. you can cook it or you can whatever. Yeah. I, it's, well, the it's, whole point is do it, do what you want with it. I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, okay. I'm a stoner. Just, I, 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 just wanted to ask. I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate. Um, Brie Malarkey, the, she has sun Bree's God. botanicals? Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, she kind of relates it back to prohibition, alcohol prohibition, sure. and that look at how readily available alcohol is now. Right. And that we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's going to be there. Yeah. And, it, you know, the prices have gone like this and down and fortunes have been made and lost in this valley. And yeah. people have been, you know, look what happened to the hemp. 
I was going to ask you about that. Look what, what happened. Your, what are your thoughts on the, all the hemp fields? It's, well, it's, the smell doesn't bother me, but, you know, uh, I don't like the ones that are all moldy and rotting on the hillsides because yeah. they couldn't get them harvested. That's yeah. kind of gross. I mean, you can it's see them sad. all. Yeah. A lot of people lost a lot of money. It's, I don't know. I, it just seems like it was too aggressive. You know, we went too every, fast. Everybody saw like dollar, dollar signs. signs and they lost dollars on it. And that happens every time there's a boom and yeah. bust kind of thing, you know, and only the well financed and only those people are going to make it through it. And that's just how it happens. You know, I mean, it, it resulted in some suicides last I year. I heard. And that was very disturbing. I was like, oh, my God, you did not put all of your life savings into this, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it just seems like one of those things where people saw this great golden opportunity, another green rush, mm-hmm. which we had in cannabis as well. Mm-hmm. And people, there's abandoned farms all over the valley where people yeah. dump millions of dollars to grow pot and then the market's not there. And so those, you know. Well, and two, you're, you're having, it's so polar, polarized as far as people who were 1,000% for hemp, 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 let's grow yeah. it, you know, getting everything that's that's positive out of it and then there were people who were just like i cannot stand all of these hemp fields right and i and i understand that and here's and here's my argument and i think a lot of people have missed the point a lot of people who are advocates for hemp and i'm one of them mm-hmm. as a use not the cbd mm-hmm. the fiber the mm-hmm. oil mm-hmm. that's not the hemp they planted no that's no. the hemp that we need to grow en masse on this kind of acreage yeah. and there would be money in it you yeah. know and it would put paper industries you know it would stop cutting down trees plastic plastic you can make plastics out of hemp that are biodegradable right right it's it's got this great use but that's not the hemp we planted in this valley they planted the little short stubbies with the big beautiful buds that look like thc cannabis and Mm -hmm. smell like it but don't have the high yeah you know so i i think it's one of the greatest hoaxes played on people is that they convince them that um smoking rope is okay Gives you a headache. Don't really get you high. Right. Exactly. Uh, what you should do is grow it in nice tight clusters with really 12, 12 foot stalks and harvest it and harvest the fiber. Because you're har- harvesting the stalk. And that's the seed. what they want. Yeah, yeah. You want the stalk. Yeah. Yeah. That's hemp. To the... me, that's hemp, right? Okay. That's what well, we should be growing in mass across the United States in large quantities, like we used to. Mm-hmm. Like rope and paper and all these mm-hmm. things. All the oil, oil paint, all through the 1800s and up into the 1900s was made with hemp oil from the seed. You know, and then standard oil developed oil paint that we now use on our houses, and they abolished that. Crazy. You know? Yeah. Well, I interviewed the king of hemp. Okay. Who used to be the king of pot. Oh. He was one of the biggest pot smugglers on the West Coast in the 60s. Okay. Now he's the king of hemp. This okay. is his life. He he says hemp hemp can and will change the world. It can. And I mean, I listening to him, I I believe him. Just the things that he said you can do with hemp. Yeah. Clothes, shoes, wallets, plastics, paper. Right, right. But none of what was grown here can be used for any of that. Right. Because there's no fiber to it. It was all grown for the flower. So a rethinking, you know, a, a realignment, a reatonement of what this plant really can do mm-hmm. and really take care of things. You can make ribbon out of it. I could, you know, there's mm-hmm. just so many things. These bags would not be paper. They would yeah. be hemp paper. Yeah. You know, and it can be done. And it's cheap to grow, and you can do it in certain climates. You can do two crops a year. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can get a lot out of the same land. And yeah. it's a nitrogen-fixing plant, so it doesn't deplete soil. It actually draws all the <laughs> nasty things out of the soil. <clears throat> it's a heavy metal uptake. Uh-huh. It'll, it'll clean your soil of heavy metals. Yeah. 
No, it's there's nothing. It's it's all win win win. So, more more people. Yeah, I know. Well, we are open for business. It was business. funny. The one of one of your customers who was in here earlier didn't even notice the camera. She right. was like, "Oh, oh, camera." <laughs> it's funny how people are just like so in. Well, look, they just go straight to the case. Tunnel. You yeah. Know, just, well, they don't care about us when pretty, there's like shiny. chocolate everywhere. Shiny, pretty. Um. Yeah. Well, I think you know it'll be interesting to see this year. I guess what's planted. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know? Some people are very successful in it. You know, mm-hmm. they got it down. They know where to send it and do mm-hmm. it the labs, and they're doing it, and it's fine. And yeah, I interviewed a. Uh, I guess he was he planted marijuana, grew marijuana for for years, and now he's growing hemp, and so he's just really, really good at it. Yeah. And his, you know, plants were this big and yeah. bushy and green. And right. As opposed to like the 17 foot tall, mm-hmm. you know, big beautiful smoking buds that they yeah. used to grow. Yeah, you right. can get. You know, yeah. doesn't have to be all that big and plant later. Yeah. But it would it would be interesting to see if we do start growing the actual the hemp uh, it won't happen. for products. No, you don't I, think so? I think they're doing it in Colorado. I think yeah. they are. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and a couple other places. I mean, the places where it used to go. I mean, they could do it in Mass in Tennessee and Arkansas mm-hmm. and all these places. But mm-hmm. you know, politics. Indiana could grow it like crazy. You know, ditch weed basically. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina grows it really sure. well. And and just big long stocks, and then we kick other people out of industries. You know, and I don't think. I don't think the Koch brothers and Charmin would like that. See, they're not going to make Charmin from hemp. So you can't wipe your butt hemp, with hemp. But hemp you can. Paper. Right, I was just going to say, couldn't you? I think you could. I think you could make something just as soft and cushy as a Charmin. You know? <laughs> I think you, that's a scientific goal. You guys get on that. And then you'd, you have, you'd have the little Charmin bears in the commercials. Yeah. Hemp but they'd be paper. more like Grateful Dead dancing bears you know, at that point. <laughs> yes. I think we're on to something. It's a new product. All right. I'm going to call I Charmin. cut. I'm going to call Charmin right now. Yeah, okay, right good luck with that. Okay, so you brought your guitar. I did. I always sing? have my guitar. My guitar is sitting in my office. There's mm-hmm. three How of them. How many do you have? Guitars. How many pairs of shoes do you have? Oh, easy. A <laughs> lot. Okay. So you have a lot of guitars? I've always had gas, which is guitar acquisition syndrome. That's right. So cheap guitars, expensive guitars, mid-range mm-hmm. guitars. Mm-hmm. If I like to play it and it sounds good, I'm going to own it probably okay. if I want to. Electric and acoustic. Electric and acoustic, doesn't what's matter. Your, what's your favorite, though? Do you have one? Mm. Is it like asking you what's your favorite chocolate bar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, did, did, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I love a good Les Paul, so you know, when I'm playing electrically, I just have, I have two that I like to mm-hmm. play a lot. And mm-hmm. They're just my buddies. They fit my hands really well. Yeah, you know, yeah. just depends on what I'm doing. So as far as... Um, I mean, I would call you somewhat of an, an artist because you... Somewhat? Sorry, is that I'm insulting? one bad weekend away from chopping an ear off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look look at the oil paintings. Look at this place. It's, it's, That's so it's great. Co- it's covered in oil paintings that well, I do, and I've been painting for 40 you years. paint? I've been playing guitar since I was 12. You play guitar. I write. You, you know, write. You I create. this, whatever this is. This is just another medium for artistic expression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I finally found an art form that I can do that people will consume and pay me. <laughs> I mean, I've made 50 bucks in dinner in bars. It's, it's no life. But you're you like, know? this chocolate thing, you I know, got I get, something I got a like house this. and a storage unit and a chocolate factory full of oil paintings. But Done. They're not going very well. Done. Yeah, I don't um, know what to do with them. Well you, well, you are selling these guys. These are all made out of chocolate, right? No, those are oil paintings. Oh, what are the ones that are made out of? Aren't they? They're not in here. Oh, my bad. They melt. Oh, yeah. Didn't think about that. That whole cacao thing. Yeah. yeah. But you are selling these guys. 
and I've sold a couple. I uh, I took a couple of these big ones to a, a chocolate festival in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I've done it a couple times, mm -hmm. and actually sold three or four of them at a chocolate festival. That's awesome. I think a, one of them went to a you know a regular household, and the other ones went to other chocolate factories, like other retail stores. Okay. And that's kind of I, I think this new series that I've done over the last couple of years of nothing but cocoa pods. Mm -hmm. I think every chocolate factory in the West Coast should have an original Jeff Shepard on their wall. I agree. That's just me. You know, if you're I'm in a chocolate shop, that they don't. why wouldn't you have one of these? They're gorgeous. Um, and didn't you just get asked by the lovely Carolina Vashinska Lavanino to do something for a chocolate festival? Uh, well, yeah, I, I need to recreate. She wants me to recreate the thing I did in Seattle a few times. I did it, the chocolate festival up there. Um, every, it came about because I, I done so many PowerPoint presentations and so many talks about chocolate and so many talks about Lily Bell over 17 years that it's really hard to stand up there and do that mm -hmm. in front of a crowd anymore. It's it's it's, it's boring. Yeah, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. It's just not. Okay. It, it just gets to me. Okay. You know. And then I came up with this thing because I like to play music. Um, everybody says chocolate equals love. Okay. I'll buy that. But love can equal pain and death and murder and alcoholism and I have songs for all of that right so let's because it takes 10 to 15 minutes to hand out chocolate to a crowd of 100 people in an auditorium mm -hmm. however big the auditorium or the room that I'm in mm -hmm. during that 10 or 15 minutes for them to get a piece of chocolate and eat it I'll just play a song or two that might might or might not loosely okay. tie into the what you're eating and then we'll stop and then we'll say how'd you like that piece of chocolate isn't that great you know and I made it this way and I made it this way for this reason you know blah 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 and here comes the group with another piece of chocolate while I play another song. So. Love it. What song did you play for me last time? Do you remember? I played, uh, I play, oh, I played you that Porter Wagner song. Yeah. I did. I did. We still do that in my band. I love that song. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Cold Hard Facts of Life. That's it? Yeah. Murder. You know. Murder. Murder. Love murder. It's all about Infidelity love. Infidelity and murder in prison. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Exactly. I got another one for Valentine's. Okay. Yeah, this one. I love this song. I probably... We should wait until our customers we can, leave. We though. can wait. We can. We can absolutely. We can wait. do that. Do you see, as far as customers go, do you get a lot of young like kids in here? Well, you mean like young little kids? Yeah. Well, people bring their kids in. Sure. This is a kid in a candy <laughs> store moment, right? <laughs> Hi. How are you? What's your name? Kira. Kira. Hi, Kira. Hi, Kira. I'm Jeff. Are you picking out chocolate? Did you like chocolate as a kid? I didn't. I did. Did you? I did. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, there's a possibility that I was meant to do this. Because my mother tells this story about how she ate like a whole bag of like Nestle chips and then mm -hmm. went into labor. So stop. I was born with like these chemicals pumping through my veins. You know. <laughs> That's a great story. That's true. I, if it is, you know. My mom tells it. A whole bag of Nestle chocolate chips. Yeah, yeah. And then out comes Jeff. Yeah, boof. Here I am. Jacked up on chocolate. <laughs> just ready to go. You know, and so chocolate kind of found me. I mean, I found it. It found me. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... I just assume that most young children aren't just big chocolate fans. Not dark the chocolate. dark chocolate. They like milk chocolate. When yeah. we do tours for school children and stuff like that, we always break out the milk chocolate chips mm -hmm. to give them because handing them a piece of dark 70% chocolate, Blech. you, you got to clean off the floor. Yeah. You know, or they, or they just kind of palm it and then wipe it on this <laughs> counter that we're sitting at. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do a walk around every day and kind of like, hey, mm, rejects. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. People are, people are funny. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you do tours here? All the time. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of them lined up 
after Valentine's. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, there's what, all kinds. What, do they tour, just tour the whole kitchen? No, or? no, they don't get to go in. It's, that's why we... <laughs> what? No, in there? That's no. why there's a glass windows. No, bad idea. <laughs> really bad idea. See, from a distance, you can't see all those magnets, can you? No, are those the bad ones? Yeah, those are the ones we can't sell. Yeah, those are our motivational speakers. You Fantastic. Know? Yeah, that's, yeah, those are the things that keep us smiling so we can uh -huh. perform, like train seals in the window. Right. Well, you've yeah. actually set up in the corner. We can't see it on the camera, but you have a little, like, I don't want to call it a stage, but... No, 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 no. That's just this is where I plug in. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is a 30-watt tube amp, a couple of guitars, you know, a, a bunch of foot pedals, and they're mm -hmm. plugged in and turned on pretty much all the time. Do you find you're making you're making chocolate, you're doing the hearts, and then you just need a break? Uh, yeah. Like That's exactly why it's plugged in. Okay. So when things get a little crazy or I want to take a few minutes out, I just go turn on the amp mm -hmm. and go. Mm -hmm. And so there's always that back there for me. And it's been there for like five years now. And it's really helped. Really? It's, it's helped me. It's helped. I don't, I don't know about the poor guys in the kitchen. You know, I, I mean, they're welcome to put their earbuds in and, you know, try to ignore that mm -hmm. really loud screaming guitar that's coming out of there. Which you can't because you could hear it in the parking lot. So it doesn't really, you know. Really? I don't know how to play quiet. That, that, I mean, even even that beautiful tube amp, which I've hot rodded and modified, uh -huh. even on three, it's pushing pushing the thing here. You know? Seriously? It's, yeah, it's pushing the glass. Oh, it's man. loud. Okay. How I else need... do you play loud? You play music loud. You that's do. Part of the I deal. sing loud. I sing really loud. That that's helpful. Really loud. She's fine. She's checking out. That it's all good. Yeah, I, I love playing music. I, I love it. I would rather paint paintings and play music and go fishing. And you said you write? Uh, words. Okay. Yeah, not songs. But I mean, like, do you keep a journal? It's not a journal. I, I, I tried to do a blog a few years ago, uh -huh. and then I, del I deleted or did not post 90% of what I wrote. Yeah. Diatribes and long things. Yeah. And realized a business-associated blog is not where this needs to be. Mm. So I haven't really pushed it any more yeah. than that. I mean, there's, you know, files and folders of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, what to do with them. I have a friend who thinks I should collate them into a book. You Maybe know, so. I think it's there. Writing for me is therapeutic. Right, and I get off on it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, writing these things out, and then I finish, and I read it, and I laugh, and go, I can't publish that. Right. I can't, I can't. Right. That's, that's not appropriate. I've told my husband, <laughs> if, if, I, if I die, the first thing you need to do is burn all of my journals. Just burn them. Just burn them. Yeah. Straight up. Just Please. Leave no evidence. Leave Please. no trace of this whatsoever. Well, it's just very personal, right? So. Can be. Can be. I mean, I, I almost wanted to publish it as called Chocolate in the Raw. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's pretty raw. You know, and a lot of it has to do with the industry of chocolate. The things I've seen go down over 17 years and the attitudes that have changed. Mm -hmm. and the, the way it works and the cutthroat industry. And yeah. All the marketing hype behind products that aren't there anymore because mm -hmm. it wasn't honest and you know? and i'm sure all of the bad chocolate that's out there right there's uh, a lot of bad chocolate out there there's tons yeah there's tons yeah there's a lot yeah there's a lot so i'm your only repeat offender my only repeat offender and mostly because I just, I felt like you reached out, you said you were feeling salty, and I was like, we gotta take care of this. We gotta take care of this. Well, I don't think there's an easy fix. Okay. Even hiring a new person isn't gonna be an easy fix. It's a three month training to get them up to speed, and then right. they stayed nine months, and then they leave, and I'm like, 
back to square one. Yeah. You know, let's let's invest some more time in this, and that's okay. I'm willing to do it. Okay. We've been here a long time. You have been. And we're not going anywhere. Good. We're really good at this. Damn it. Uh -huh. We make really, really good chocolate. Yeah, you do make really excellent chocolate. So, yeah, I had this other thing. It's like the perfect love song. It really is. And I thought, this is perfect for Trisha's show before Valentine's. I got lucky on my birthday. My wife reluctantly let me have my way. She said, this is for you. Do what you must do. Let me know when you're through. I thought that things would change when we tied the knot. This life I dreamed of ain't what I got. When she says no, she means no. Hell no. I couldn't get laid when I was single You threw me in a woman's prison I am the poster child For total rejection Celibacy is a cross I must carry I couldn't get laid when I was single So I guess I'll just stay married <laughs> on a chain I know what he's going through I feel his pain he don't have no fun on that doggy run cause he ain't getting none he's got potential he could break free but he's on a short leash, just like me. He goes through life with hungry eyes, watching bitches go by. I couldn't get laid when I was single. He threw me in a woman's prison. child for total rejection celibacy is a cross I must carry I couldn't get laid when I was single 
So I guess I'll just stay married. Yay! Where on earth See? did you... In a, no, that's a Paul Thorne song. I didn't write that. Oh, God, no. No, I was saying, where, where did you come across this song? <laughs> I like this songwriter out of Texas named Paul Thorne. He's written a couple songs that I really like, and I found that. I've never seen it on one of his records. It's kind of like something he did live, and mm -hmm. I found it, and I went, that's the best love song I've ever heard. <laughs> it I must me, learn that. <laughs> have you ever heard of the Giesenslaws? No. Okay. Looking it up. Very campy, but great. Right. Great it's, writers. Uh, hilarious. I like things with a sense of humor. Totally. Yeah. You know, yeah. Somewhat inappropriate. Like, they've asked yes. me to do this at the... At the Ashland Chocolate Festival, but unless it's like an adult beer tasting, I'm not like, going to do that no, song. No. Right. I can't do that song. Sorry, kids. Yeah. That's not a, a kid's lot song. Of, a lot of explaining to do. I know. Sorry. Wait, what does he mean by that, Mom? <laughs> Stay <laughs> married. What does that mean? <laughs> Why is um, he doing that? <laughs> you've been a lot of fun. Thanks. Again. Thanks. You too. Thanks for doing this I don't me. know if this is like anything. I, you'll never air this. This is not. Oh, yeah, I will. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. And now it's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be out there forever. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Great. What's, um, what's on the agenda today as far as just more? Uh, personally? Yeah. I got to go set up Tracy oh, so she can like fill all of these damn boxes we got to get out of here. Because I got all these custom orders that got to go out this week. I mean, uh -huh. people have ordered like, you know, 75, 12 count boxes. That's what she's working on. But they got to go to 75 different addresses. So I got to sit there and type in those 75 different addresses and make labels for all these little boxes. Man. Big day. Big day. Um, but that'll, and that's going to take two days to do. And then there's these things. Yeah. Which I do every year. Yes. You know, the hand-painted chocolate hand -painted lids. Hand-painted chocolate boxes. Right? And I don't have enough yet. I need to get in the kitchen, but I've been busy because I had to run that department. So there's yeah. not very many of these. I may just have to raise the price and number them or something. I don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I'm going to let you get back to work then. Thank you. Thank you for doing this with this me. This was a good break. I feel better. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was I was out on a ledge this morning. Man. Okay. Well, that's what I'm good. here for. Pull you back Just in. Pull me back in. Come on, Jeffy. Ground me before I go to work again. <laughs> well, thank you for letting us crash your chocolate shop. Yeah, yeah. Never again. Okay. But yeah, it's fun. <laughs> okay. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple's podcast app and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. We'll never be back here again. Uh, video versions can be found on YouTube and at ktvl.com. Just click on features and then off script. One more time, my good buddy, Jeff Shepard of Lily Bell Chocolates. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.